Hello, my name is Ronnie Edwards and I'm the director of Pomozzi Creatives. Thank you for joining us. So the quick backdrop to this podcast is that we are super excited to be launching Portsmouth's first Inspirational Women's Awards. Say it with me, Inspirational Women. They are everywhere, sometimes quietly, sometimes loudly, making an impact to their communities. And we want to celebrate them. You can go online to pomozicreatives.org.uk and nominate your person in time for International Women's Day. The women interviewed in this particular series are actually on the selection panel um, for the awards and are trailblazers in their own way. Enjoy. So I'm here with the lovely Jen. Jennifer? Jen? Yeah, let's go Jen. Jen? Jen Sanchez. So, Jen, tell us about yourself. What is your life adventure? What are you, on, what are you about? Oh, I feel like I want to say some really profound stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, um, so I run two photography companies. Um, one of them is families and kids, and it's about reconnecting children with nature. Aww. We mostly shoot them outdoors, um, and it's about capturing the connection between the family as well. Um, so that's one of the businesses. The other business is about women, and it's basically my take on getting women naked. I don't like boudoir photography personally. I know that there's... I'm not, I'm not slagging it off. I think there's definitely an area in the market for it um but for me boudoir photography was always about the male gaze and I didn't want women to take their clothes off for a man I wanted them to take their clothes off because they wanted to take their clothes off and feel good um often after like years and years of mm. really not liking their body and not yeah. feeling comfortable in it um and I always I always do it in a group um because I think it's a really powerful thing for other women to see real women's bodies in the flesh because we're always apologising for our bodies if we go swimming. Don't look at my thighs, don't look at my bum. Um, And actually, like, you know, there is no body shaming. There's no calling yourself fat at at a liberty shoot because if you call yourself fat, if there's someone smaller than, uh, bigger than you, then you're also shaming them mm. as well even if it is yourself so do you have that as a rule yeah so that's a rule that's brilliant um but yeah so we you know p- people are allowed to not not like their bodies it it has it happens and this mm. is this is a real society but um what we're trying to do is change the conversation in women's head um but also remind them that as much as it is lovely to look lovely, mm. there's also a really important thing that what they look like and what they weigh is not tied to their happiness or their worth to the planet, to their society. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, my job as a liberty photographer is to meet someone, we listen to their story because we hold a women's circle, and to really see them mm. and take a photo that for me and them represents them where they are um what they've been through and so so my job is to say I see you and and this is your evidence of what you who you are and what you look like and for a lot of women it's almost like an update in their head because they've been carrying around this image of themselves in their head for a long time that potentially they don't like 
Um, and just to update that to say, you know, we're we're all allowed to rock it at a three, you know, during the week. I wouldn't, you'd never see me with any makeup on in the week. But I also know that if I want to get glammed up, there's also yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with me wanting to feel beautiful. Yeah. Um, and that I can be, you know, I can be as effective at a three as I can at a ten or a seven. But, you know, <laughs> whatever I want to tell myself. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we do that. And we also do a lot of work with, like, rewiring the brain. So we talk about what stories they're telling themselves at the mm. moment and whatever limiting beliefs they're telling themselves. Because I think it's okay for you to not like your legs or not like your bum or not like your stomach, mm. as long as it's not holding you back from yeah. pursuing a goal or going for a job. But uh, quite often with women it is. And right. it is, you know, they're, they're thinking, oh, well, I, I, I really want to do that. But, you know, when I lose weight, I'll do this. And when yeah. I do this, I, then I'll do that. And I just think... That happens a lot, doesn't it? I, I hear that a lot. Yeah. Um, in my circle of friends. And even just silly things, like for booking a shoot, they'll say to us, oh, when I've lost the, the weight, I'll come and book a shoot. And I'm like, no, our job is to celebrate you as you are. As you are. Like, we don't want yeah. you to lose weight. To me, you're no sexier... At, you know, big, small, it doesn't matter, and yeah. and so eight or a size twelve or size sixteen or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so a whole load of rewiring that goes yeah. with that then as well, I suppose. And it's afterwards, just... we have women that say to us, "Oh, you know, I'm so like that was amazing. I went for that job that, and I got it, and I never would have gone for it, but I was on a high." Um, and I just think, even so, we do quite a lot of um, what's it called, power posing, um, uh-huh. and teaching women to occupy more space yeah. and putting their body in What's a the better work. What's the word I'm trying to say? <sighs> Sorry. Sorry, no, girlfriend. I've got a bad baby brain. But putting And the... you've got a very beautiful baby. I have. I'm not sure if that makes you have a bad baby brain. The, the more beautiful the baby. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think we put them, we try to put them in a state of yeah. power. Yeah. Um, and when we talk about empowering women, like I feel like that word's got a little bit lost with... Do you think? Yeah, yeah. just because what does that mean mm. to people? Do, mm. Like, to me, it means that when people are in a position of power, they take more risks, they're more likely to go for jobs, they're more mm. likely to play and I think when we are in that state that's when we can say like you know there are times when you walk into a room and you talk to someone and you think shit I just said some really good things there Uh and there's other times when you're like oh my god I can't believe it I put my foot in my mouth over and over again and I think it's when we're in that really elevated state that we are our best version of ourselves and that's what we try and put them in by the end of the shoot that sounds amazing. Mm. Does it happen in a day then? In a yeah, day, so or? so we do. It's normally like a four hour experience, um, and they come to us, and sometimes they won't even get out of their car, and we have to coax them oh, out of their car. Yes. They're crying. Um, oh. It's a really big deal. And we had a lady yeah. a few years ago, and she had been bullied at school. She was, t- I think, she was told that she looked like a witch. So she'd been carrying around this that and she was ugly, and she looked, yeah, and she looked like a witch. Yeah. She came to the shoot. We had to hold her hand to get her out of the car, and then she got out of the car, and yeah. we did our women's circle, yeah. and we let her tell us what story she was telling herself, and it was that she was ugly, and. In the beginning, she was like, you know, I'm not getting my clothes off. At the end, she had her arms spread wide open in a cornfield in the in the V victory shape. Wonderful. And no, nothing on at all. And I just, like, 
she's got this really lovely image of her smiling, head back, chin up, like arms outstretched. And she was like, I am beautiful. And for me, that is like a really nice mental update for her when she saw the photos and was like, wow, I got naked in a field. Nobody died. Nobody (laughs) was repulsed. It was okay. And when, and I. What a testament to your work, though. That yeah. that person got to that place. That's such a celebration of, of what you're doing yeah. in those women's lives. And I probably don't realise how lucky I am that women trust me to with that mm, indeed. with indeed. that moment because yeah. I also think that you could take your clothes off and feel more vulnerable. Yeah. But yeah. actually to for them to not feel vulnerable and to walk away feeling more powerful yeah that that makes me really proud as well yeah. but you know for some women it's just a fun day out but for other women it's a ma- massive thing getting yeah. naked yeah. in front of other women and if, and you know when especially when they've been hating their bodies yeah. and we have women as well that come to us that are, are pregnant and that you know we had a lady the other day she had body dysmorphia and um She's can, pregnant. Can just, sorry, explain what body dysmorphia is in case. It, so she, um, she basically hates her body. She hates what she sees in the mirror. Mm. Absolutely beautiful girl. Like actually, in terms of you know the beauty standards that there are, mm. would probably tick everybody's boxes and hasn't you know, and and it's it's really sad, um, and I don't and I talk I'm talking about it like you know everyone is beautiful, but what I'm saying is she. She would she wouldn't look out of place on a magazine, but still hates the way she looks. Mm. Um, and I've seen that a lot. You know that is never tied with happiness. But anyway, so she is having a baby, and she doesn't want to be a bad role model for the baby, mm. who is going to grow up with no pictures of mum on the wall because mum hates the way she looks. And essentially, children do as they see, not as they're told. So we have to model that confidence yeah. don't we yeah. so for me knowing that there are pictures pictures of naked women on people's walls that their children see I think it's fab- fabulous because yeah. I grew up um seeing naked women and it be not you know it's just a body it wasn't beautiful nor mm. it was just it was just something that got you from A to B like a car you know yeah, yeah. and yeah. but that was just I was very lucky that my my mum yeah but not a lot of people did and some people grew up with mums that dieted all the time that the minute that they put on weight that they that would be the topic of conversation and I remember kind of goes into your DNA yeah and the beginning of my 20s I remember dieting all the time and and that was you know we'd me and my friends would send pictures of how much we'd weighed and what we'd lost and mm. and like there's so much more to life i can't diet oh I no too much it's so boring i love food too much it's so restrictive it's, like if i if i get to a stage where i'm like hmm of can't fit in these jeans i i will exercise that's mm. my go-to and i and um we'll just kind of up the exercise levels but never lower the food stop eating chocolate no, no. Well, I I have had a moment recently where I felt quite like, oh, a bit of pressure to lose some weight, and um, 
for about a week, I thought, yeah, I'm going to try and restrict you how much I'm eating. Your baby's exactly. And then I was like, oh my God, who even am I? What am I doing? <laughs> and I think, like, it's hard because yeah, we live, we live in a society. Yeah, well, exactly. We live in a society where we have this these silly things yeah. and we get stuff in our heads. But it, it's really important to remember that it's so unimportant yeah. as much as, yeah. How liberating. Tell me about how your adventure started. Okay. Like, how did you get this amazing combination in, term, in your skill set that enabled um, what is now Dimples and Daisies? And um, So I was really lucky that I worked in a sales company for seven years, and it was very high pressure. It was mm-hmm. a very masculine, male-dominated um, environment, um, I was really good at managing my managers, which my managers used to tell me, that which basically means that I just got so what they, I wanted. Do they know that they would be managed? Yeah, and were so they like, she's got me again? Some, some of them, yeah. <laughs> some of them probably didn't, or maybe they might not realise it. But <laughs> I, I really loved the job, and even yeah. though i was embarrassed you know it's i was the salesperson in phones for you which is a telephone sales thing um but i you know there's this embarrassment about being a car phone a car salesman or a phone salesman that i almost felt and i think in in the uk being in sales is tied with like oh no i'm not a salesperson it's a negative word it's a dirty word you know no one wants to be no one goes through school and is like I really want to be a salesperson and people are like yeah that's a really good job because it it's almost being good at sales is almost a negative in you know being sold to um but I loved selling I was really good at it um I really enjoyed it to me it was just making friends and working out a solution for the person that was sat in front of Fantastic. me to get them what they wanted. And yeah. I never I never felt like it was a difficult thing. Yeah. Um, so... But you, you mentioned earlier it was quite, um, just before we started um, recording, quite a male-dominated environment. Yeah, it was. And, you know, even at the interview I was asked why they should hire me because women didn't last in the position. Um and other things Hmm. um so yeah so the sales experience would have helped you in in terms of um selling a product yes and but then you you mentioned something really interesting about this other life opposite yeah so um, then i had a baby yeah and i said all through my pregnancy with my first child who's 10 now um i said i'm just going to be one of those earth mothers that Mm. does everything you know and I and I was and I stayed at home with mm. um with my son and then um I breastfed him for a year and mm. I got into the um BFN which is the breastfeeding network and mm-hmm. I trained as peer support and then as a supporter and and um I was with them for four years and so I had gone from a really male dominated environment where we were taught to basically take take people down a path and get them what they want and get us what we wanted at the same time Mm. um and then I went to training as as a peer supporter and a lot of it was around counseling so much of it was listening skills um Mm. and so then I spent four years um 
listening to women and listening yeah. to their stories and yeah. quite often they'd just given birth um, and they need to talk and when women do give birth they do need to talk and every every single person's got a story if you can get it out of you know if you yeah. if you can get it out of them basically yeah. um, and that is really what what set me off in my path one other question um, I wanted to ask you because one of the reasons I think someone's inspiring is because you can see that um, they're overcomers and they've overcome a challenging situation. Mm. Is there anything that you can maybe share with us that is an example of you overcoming something that helped you grow yeah. um, into the person that you are a little bit more? I'm just going to go off on a tangent though. Tangent away. <laughs> For me, the yeah. biggest thing that people can have is the best way to overcome hurdles yeah. in life is to have a really, really big vision. So yeah. for me, the bigger the vision yeah. is, the smaller the hurdle seems. So if you yeah. if you have like a small vision, then if some you know, if if a hurdle comes along and you fall over it, it feels like a big rock. Whereas if you've got this humongous vision yeah. that you really believe in and love and then it just feels like a little pebble and you're like, oh, you know, it's just yeah, something to get over. So yeah. that's how I that's how I overcome things, by having a yeah. really good reason to do it. Yeah. And for me, you know, aside from putting kid putting bread on the kids' table and putting bread on the other women that I employ's table, is that genuinely I do believe that I'm helping women in the city. Yeah. There was recently a poll that um in the UK and it said and Portsmouth came out on top of having the highest um what's it called? A like rate of No, of oh. of women that are comfortable with their body. So women in oh, Portsmouth really? are most comfortable with the body in the whole of the UK. I, did not know that. I personally think it's pretty much down to me and Carly Purcell. Get in. Carly Purcell, shout out. Carly Purcell. Girls. <laughs> no, but honestly yeah. I really think yeah. that you know, I've shot over 400 oh, women wonderful. that hopefully, even if you haven't been to a shoot, but you've seen other yes. women. I've seen, like, on web, on, on Facebook and yeah. social media, I've seen the impact that Dimples and Daisy yeah. and Liberty has had. And I think, like, yeah. hopefully, even if you haven't been to a shoot, you've under, you have started to understand that it is not important. You know, what you look like isn't important. Mm. It, like, it is really... It's really just about celebrating you mm. and being the best version of you and accepting that, mm. like you are, like actually amazing. The way yeah. that you are is amazing. At just like today, you not yeah. you don't need to lose weight. You don't need to do anything else. Yeah. Just celebrate you right now. Yeah. Um, and I love that statistic. But anyway. Wow. So that aside. Dig that out from you but sorry. Yeah, sorry so have I overcome personal things yeah so um I only started the business as an accident um oh sorry oh don't worry just banging next door um add to the ambience yes <laughs> so I only started the business mm -hmm. accidentally mm -hmm. um my ex-husband bought me a camera um and I decided to take one photo a day for um for a year um and with no real thought of what would what was going to happen i just was going to put it was going to upload the photo to social media um so people would see it and they would know what i was doing but apart from that there was no motive mm. anyway 
within three months I was booked up for three months in advance and then after a year um it was so busy that I either took people on or I had to really like rein it in Mm. um so I took people on and I think for me that was a you know that's always a risk taking on staff but I did that and then I had staff for a while and it and then I mixed things up a little bit later um but when my me and my ex-husband split up it was a really really difficult time Mm. um emotionally I probably you know I probably was depressed at the time I was thinking you know I thought I was hard as nails but actually looking back I think I was probably much more vulnerable than than I realized um but at the time I was probably earning about 800 pound a month which wasn't enough for me to live on yeah if I moved back to Portsmouth yeah yeah yeah. so that was the biggest hurdle for me jumping taking that leap of faith to carry on the business rather than going to get a job that was a safe 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 job possibly benefits within that possibly yeah but not actually living my dream or feeding you or yeah if you like i'm demonstrating feeding you by taking a bite out of a mince pie pie. (laughs) Uh, which is not very professional i apologize it's fine i love it um yeah so yeah so for me i you know the the safest thing at that point probably would have been me to go back to work and working in something that was more of a safe job whatever that means um but i decided to continue executing my dreams because i at that point creativity taking photos was so tied up in my identity that i couldn't let it go and and isn't it brilliant that you didn't yes i'm so happy about that women that can look you in the eye and thank you for that journey you took them yeah on because you took that leap of faith yep and and even like even if liberty didn't exist just even dimples and daisies having these lovely children yeah. in the studio i opened a studio purely because it's really hard to find to convince people to go outside for a photo shoot in january and february because it's freezing True. so i opened a studio to protect us through the winter um because otherwise we're all poor and couldn't eat um so that outdoor element must be just magical it is magical and for me i'm a real hippie i i all summer i shoot barefoot um Uh and i'm like connecting i'm like yeah we're connecting with the earth (laughs) reconnecting with ourselves reconnecting with the god element or goddess element and all those things and and i think i'm really lucky that I'm able to play in such a way that it has pulled together my love of psychology, yeah. my love of selling, yeah. my love of art, yeah. um, my love of listening to women, to being around women, yeah. but that also that I am able to make money from art. And yeah. it's really important for me to normalise. There's so many struggling artists out there and their biggest mm. thing is being able to sell. And I think if you're in business, mm. you're in sales. You have to accept that. Yeah. And if you ha- if you are running your own business you are essentially selling daily every mm. time you come into contact with someone mm. you're potentially selling yeah. and even if you're not in the mindset to sell something you are still your product yeah. you are still and yeah. it's really important to be okay with be comfortable with mo- like asking for money because yeah. girl got to eat right yeah, absolutely yeah um jen I could sit here and talk to you forever, 
but I am aware that I've taken a lot of your time okay, and well. we um we kind of need to um release the babysitter downstairs and I need to get to my next class. But thank you so much mm, for you. your time. I feel um, really um I feel really special being interviewed. Special. <laughs> <laughs> We're all special, honey. Thank you, Jen Sanchez. Thank you.